Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. We are actually wrapping up our series, uh, started a family series. We kind of kicked that off where we did Mother's Day. Um, try and do that between Mother's Day and Father's Day. And of course, next week being Father's Day, we're doing the amazing chemistry show. And so um, this morning will be our last installment of the series. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I have so enjoyed studying it out and looking at biblical truth uh, concerning family and, and our relationships and things of that sort. I, I, uh, man, I've just really grown a lot myself. The word is alive. And, and um, there's one more thing that was on my heart this morning. It really kind of came off of last week. As I wrapped up the message last week, I just really felt we weren't done yet. We just, God wanted to walk that out a little bit more, and so I want to try and do that this morning. So I'm going to do a few minutes of review. I don't typically go back and review, but I just, I want to launch off of a couple things last week that will set you up for today. So 1 Corinthians 3.11, here's what the word says, talking about uh, foundations. We talked about a family foundation or the importance of being grounded and and one of the most important things you can be focused on is building your foundation in Christ, especially in the world that we live in today. And so as a reminder, 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is no greater foundation. You're just going to struggle in life if you ignore this. I mean, that's, well, that's, thank you. I'm glad I came today. That, what a blessing that was right there, Pastor. That's a, just lifted me up right there. I just want to be true. I want to speak the truth to you. But the truth is, everything changes or is subject to change except Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the sure foundation. So we can do all we want to do and pursue this and our own strength and ideas and plans and man and economies and all that. And there is truth to being able to walk those things out well. But there's nothing that's going to help you be what God's called you to be, do what he's called you to do, and walk in all that he has for you other than laying the foundation of your life, your home, your marriage, your family in Christ. We're not just talking about a Christian home. We're talking about a Christ-centered home. We're not just talking about being a Christian. We're talking about being a Christ-centered Christian. I, the word Christian has just gotten so watered down anymore today. I don't understand it, but it has. So we're talking about Christ-centered. And so I want to encourage you that this is very clear when it says that the only foundation that will last is that which is in Christ Jesus or in Jesus Christ. Uh, a few things we mentioned last week too. Um, how do you do that? You need to be grounded in some things as you're working and building your foundation. Uh, one of the things you need to be is financially grounded. Going back to the scripture we just talked about, I wanted to make sure you got this principle. You got to be financially grounded in Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not just talking about financial security, financially grounded period. I'm talking about financially grounded in Jesus Christ. Your foundation, financial foundation is found in Christ Jesus. Therefore, it is not subject to the ever-changing world that we live in. Things happen all the time. Markets rise, fall, jobs come and go. Wages are what they are. They change on a whim or whatever or an election. But here's what we do know. Their sure foundation financially for you and I is that which is built in Jesus Christ. The other one would be this. We talked about this last week, socially grounded, your relationships, how you are interacting in, with other people, the influences in your life. You need to be socially grounded in Jesus Christ. You need to be mindful of the relationships that you have, the friends that you have. I, I, growing up, uh, trying to teach my daughters about you know, being socially grounded in Jesus and talking about friendships and relationships and all that we needed to do, doing our part to help that be a foundation built in Christ because your friends, the people you run with will make you or break you. It's just the truth. It's biblical. It's Bible. I know you have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends. We have friends that aren't 
grounded in Christ. And there's a different relationship there then, but you need to be careful who you bring in, especially if they're not in Christ. It will affect your future. And then the last one was spiritually grounded, which kind of sounds funny, but the reality is today, there's a lot of Christians that aren't spiritually grounded. There's a lot of Christians that don't even know about the Bible, know what the Bible says. And I don't, I don't have the Bible memorized, and by no means do I consider myself an expert, but I tell you what, I know what truth is and what truth is not. And there's an attack on the truth of God's word today, and if you're not spiritually grounded, you're going to believe that stuff. You're not going to know whether it's in the Bible or not. You know there's a lot of things, I'm going to do a message one day called, That's Not in the Bible. <laughs> and there's a lot of things we take as Bible that aren't really in the Bible. It's just sounded good, or someone's been saying it enough that we started to believe it, and it's not true. And so we need to understand there's a lot of things happening in our world today that aren't really biblical. And it's not about fitting in with the world or compromise or being politically correct. It's about being biblically correct, amen? So being spiritually grounded in Jesus Christ is, the, is a big deal. So I wanted to kind of, as a, as a launching pad today, and then one more scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Here's what it says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What you do in the Lord is not in vain. It works. It is worth it. It's worth it. I mean, doing all this, going to church, being financially grounded, being socially grounded, being spiritually grounded, and having to manage all that or whatever that looks like for you, it's worth it. It's not for nothing. We're talking about the foundation of your life in the midst of the storms of this world. The Bible says you will stand if you are grounded in the things of God. Your labor is not in vain. So let's jump to the passage today, Psalms 1, Psalms 1, starting in verse 1. Probably a passage a lot of us are familiar with. We could probably quote different parts of this, but I don't know we really understand what it means. I want to take a look at it from the context of your foundation. We're going to take a little bit different word. We, we looked at foundation and grounded. We'll talk about that today, but there's another word in here I want to emphasize so that we can understand it and perhaps a bit better even and really make sure we're making the right decisions. Let me start reading in verse one. Here we go. Psalms 1, 1 says this, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. In other words, it's not enough to be just a Sunday Christian. You got to be more than just a Sunday Christian. The labor of being more than just a Sunday Christian is not in vain. It works. And so you can't just keep Sundays as your Christian activity. You need to be in the things of God every day of the week. Every night and every day, you need to be aware of the things of God. And it's more than just a Sunday Christian. If you want to go where God wants you and your family to go, if you want to experience what God wants you and your family and your marriage to experience... You want to do what he has for you? You can't just do church on Sunday. You just can't play church on Sunday. We're experts at playing church in this country. Come on. And the reality is not as many people are doing it. If you read the study, there's a lot of different statistics out there. One I read, kind of kind of land a little bit on just based on my opinion and following other people. But this country would say 84% of the people in the country would profess to be Christians, yet 47% go to church. That's pretty shocking. <laughs> I'm not sure what they're defining all that is, but I just don't see how that, you know, 
works, but nonetheless, that's the world we live in today, so we need to be very intentional. It talks about just not going to church just doesn't do it for you, but you need both. You need to be in church, you need to be online with us, and then you need to meditate day and night if you want to do what God's called you to do. You just can't put this word, you just can't take the word and put it on when it feels good. You can't just use the word as an umbrella. It's raining outside, so I'm going to put I'm going to cover myself with the word. It's what you do every single day. You want to be grounded in the things of God. You want a firm foundation in this life. In Christ, you need to be in the word day and night. Now, I'm not saying you have to be studying all the time, but you need to be aware of the word. You need to be and activate the word in your life. It just can't come out when it rains. This word has to be part of your lifestyle. There needs to be consistency in the things that you do. And it goes on to say this in verse 3. He shall be like a tree. We love every scripture that talks about trees here. (laughs) He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Like a tree planted by the rivers of water. God says, I'm going to make you like a tree planted by by rivers of water. Think about that for a second. God wants to position you like a tree planted by rivers of living water. In other words, he wants to position you by an endless supply. A never-ending supply. He went, what does God want? What does God want me? He wants to position you by an endless supply where resource never runs out. And notice it says rivers. It doesn't even take one river for a tree. That's kind of overkill. I got a bunch of trees in my yard. I don't have any river running through that. Well, I when it rained, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, there's a river right there. But God says, I want to position you by an endless supply and not just river. It's reverse, which to me means more than one. That's kind of like overdoing it, God. How many know that God is an abundant God, above and beyond, more than we could ask, hope, or think? Come on, somebody. Positioned, positioned by an unlimited supply of what you need to flourish in this life. God says I'll put you in a spot that is conducive for you to get everything you need to do what I have called you to do. I'm not just going to put you by water. I'm going to put you by rivers of living water. Not just one, but multiple and unlimited supply. There will be no shortage of what you need where I put you. You'll be able to draw resources from the, from the supply. I'm going to put you in a position where you can connect with resource to sustain you to do everything I want you to do. Your life is going to be like a tree planted. Now, again, God wants to position you to help you flourish in life. But he says you got to be planted. Planted. i got to put my roots down. i got to stay put for a while. I, my family and I, we got to have some consistency. We... we, we, we We need to be intentional. We need to be putting ourselves in a place, this place here that God wants us to be in, and not with the need or want to run, even when things get tough. I got to be planted, and I think that we miss that. We're talking about grounded last week. We're talking about foundation. Let's use the word this week of being planted. You need to be planted in the house of the Lord, the Bible says. Your family needs to be planted in the house of the Lord. I just don't know I can do that. Do you want a firm foundation in your life? And I'm not trying to twist your arm to come to church. I'm not making that case. But I am making the case that the Bible says that those are planted will flourish. Planted. Planted in the house of the Lord. Planted by rivers of living water. Positioned by that place. God says you need to be planted. All you have to do is stay planted. All you have to do is be stabilized. All you have to do is be grounded. Keep your position. 
holds your position. And it says this, it brings that brings forth its fruit in season. It brings forth its fruit. Let's say it this way, because he's talking about you being planted. You bring forth, or it brings forth your fruit in your season. My fruit in my season. Come on, someone. God has my fruit in my season. I don't have to live off somebody else's fruit. I don't have to want, desire, try and take somebody else's fruit. God has my fruit for my family, for my marriage, for my purpose, for my destiny. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. They're not me. But God has fruit for me that fits me, meets my need, fulfills my purpose in my season. I don't have to keep up with the family. Oh, it looks like they're doing so great. Look at all the fruit that they have. And look and when it's gone. It's sure going good for them right now. God has your fruit in your season. You're not them and they're they're not you. Quit trying to covet somebody else's fruit and timing. <laughs> God says, if you're planted, if you're planted, I will get you what you need for you when you need it. Don't live your life looking at what everybody else and well, it sure seems like they're, man, they're doing good. Everything's going well for them. Well, good for them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank God for what their blessing, right? But don't want it for your own. God's got something. That fit. Have you ever tried to eat somebody else's fruit? That's a whole nother <laughs> message right there. It doesn't fill your need. It doesn't, it doesn't meet your need. It doesn't. The timing doesn't work that way. It's your fruit in your season. My fruit, my season. My fruit, my season. I love that idea right there. You focus on your fruit. You focus on your, you being grounded. You focus on your season, your thing. You don't need anybody else's. My fruit, my season, my family, my marriage, my values, my morals, my job, my kids, my, my daughters, and for you might be my son, your sons, anything like that. And then it says this. Let me go on and finish this out here. Whose leaf also shall not wither, whose leaf also shall not, those that are planted, grounded, are holding a position that God has established, building a foundation, being planted, their leaf will not wither. You're gonna stop losing stuff. Come on, somebody. You're gonna stop losing stuff. It looks like something breaks every time you get ahead. It looks like things are going good, and then, are you kidding me? I feel like I'm just getting ahead again, and then boom, every single time I'm going through this cycle, it doesn't seem I can get anywhere. But guess what? The Bible says if you're planted, your leaf will not wither. You're not going to lose stuff. The enemy is not going to be able to take your stuff. Not going to dry up and blow away. It looks like every time something good happens, then it withers, it dries up in your life. God said, I'll stop the withering. I'll stop the things that are drying up. I'll stop the relationships from drying up and dying. I'll stop the, 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 the family dynamic from drying up and blowing away. Your leaves shall not wither. I'm going to stop the decline. You will not lose that job. You'll not lose your house. You'll not lose the car. You'll not lose your mind. I threw that one in there, right? You'll not lose your business. You'll not lose your peace. You'll not lose your joy. You'll not lose your strength. You'll not lose your marriage. You'll not lose your kids. You'll not lose your family. Your leaves will not wither. The problem is we don't want to be planted. And you know why I believe the reason for that is? is because we're more concerned about the conditions than we are the position. And so God is more concerned about the position 
because he can change your conditions. But he's not going to change your position. That's up to you. He's not going to force you, make you do anything. You have to do it. So blessed is the man. We'll talk about that scripture. He'll be like a tree planted by an endless supply of resource. And he'll bear his fruit in his season. He will not wither. Things in his life will not wither. And then it goes on to say, as if that wasn't good enough, goes on to say, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he, we sang songs, two songs this morning about the impossible being possible. Amen. The things that you thought were impossible are possible. The things you thought that could never happen will happen. The things you thought you never had a hope of, I'll never be able to do that, get that, obtain that. I'll never be able to walk in that, go there. God says that whatever you do, I'll bless. But you got to be planted. You got to be planted. You can't be uprooting, you can't be moving around. You got to be planted. I love that. You have to be planted. The one who is planted, the one who is rooted, the one who is grounded, puts down roots consistency, stability, like a tree. You need to be planted. Your family needs to be planted. Your marriage needs to be planted. Uh, let's go back to verse one again. Psalms 1, 1. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I, we need to hear ourselves say that. I don't know that we believe it. Why? If we don't believe that statement, it's because we're measuring it or evaluating it based on conditions. This sure doesn't look like I'm blessed right now. But I'm blessed, I'll tell you how in just a minute. I'm blessed, I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man. Some people can't say that because they think being blessed is a condition and they evaluate it based on that. Well, being blessed is not a condition, it is a position. I'm blessed because of my position, not because of my condition. This morning, I woke up, got up out of my bed. I love my bed. We spend a lot of money to have, a, there's no price on a good night's sleep. I love my bed. Not this morning out of my bed, I went into my, I got ready, I went into my closet, I had to pick my clothes, uh, my, my wardrobe person was still in bed, so I had to pick my own, and uh, there's a lot of too many choices there, so I had to pick my clothes, I got up, I got my truck, I love my truck, I waited my whole life to have a truck, I love my truck. I got my truck, I got to there, I love pulling on the church campus, I love my church, I love being here with all of you, I love my job, I love doing what I get to do, but let me tell you something, if you take my church away, if you take my job away, if you take my truck away, if you take my house away, if you take my clothes away, except my fruit of the looms, if you take my bed away, I'm still blessed. I'm still a blessed man. Because it's not about my condition, it's about my position. I am planted by an endless supply, rivers of living water, way more than was necessary for me. And I'll have my fruit and my season and my leaf will not wither and I will be blessed in whatever I do because it's not about the condition, it's about the position. Are you planted? Because here's what we do, we chase conditions. So we jump from here to there to here to there. We go to another job because we think there's a better condition. We, we want another relationship because we think there's better conditions with them. We want, we want an, another church because we think there's better conditions there. Guess what? It's not about the conditions. You'll spend your whole life chasing conditions that will never fulfill what you want and desire, what God has for you, because what he's done is positioned you for everything you already need. You just need to stay planted. Don't chase conditions. Chase the position he's put you in and be planted in it. 
I'm going over here for that. I'm, I'm going over here for that. I'm going down the street for that. I've been, I've been in this church, that place, and this job, and that relationship, and I've been over here. How's that working for you? I don't mean to be mean this morning. I just want to be real. You take everything away, I'm still a blessed man because I am planted by a river of living water. God has my fruit in my season. My leaf will not wither, and whatever, whatever I put my hand to will be blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. Blessed is not a reflection of my condition. It's a reflection of my position. Take everything away, and I'm still blessed. Take everything away. I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm like a tree planted by rivers of living water, an abundant resource. I will produce fruit, my fruit, in my season. My leaves will not wither. Whatever I do will prosper. I'm blessed. It's not my condition. It's my position. And what we need to understand is there, let me say it this way, what we need to understand is there is a grace that God gives you to live. There's a grace that God gives you to live so you don't have to chase conditions. You stand in a position. There's a grace for the position he's given you. Let me, let me give you a definition of grace. It's a divine enablement. It's a divine favor or ability. God gives you divine enablement to stand your ground, to stay planted, to stay rooted, to stand on the foundation that no other person can lay that will last except that which laid in Christ. There's a grace, a divine enablement to, he gives you to be able to stand in that place. There's a grace given by God to live and move and, and to operate within that. And there, let me say, there are people that should have got the job that you got. There's people that should have got the promotion you got. There's people that should have got the raise that you got. Didn't make any sense to anybody. There's people that should have got the house that you got, should have got the truck that you got. There's people that should have gotten things that you got. There are other people who are more qualified to be where you are now, but there's a grace of God that on your life that he has given you. Hey, I'm standing in a grace right now. Right now, I'm standing in a grace right now. I know that there's a grace of God on my life. I know it's because of him. I know there's a grace over my life. I've been here 40 years. I've been on staff 29 years. I've been the senior pastor for 15 years because there's been a grace on my life. Because let me tell you, I know there's people more educated than me. I know there's people that are more experienced than me. I know there's people that are better communicators than me. I know there's people that know the Bible better, have more scripture memorized than me. There's people that tell better jokes than me. I wasn't even joking. I got a big laugh right there. That's awesome. i figure that out one day. I know that. I know that. I know I, I talk way too fast. I know it seems like I'm yelling and screaming most of the time, and I don't know why I do that. I, I know I make up words or combine words. I know I get choked up and cry half the time. I know sometimes I get my historical facts wrong. <laughs> I know that. I know a couple of weeks ago that when I said Jesus came into Jerusalem that the religious Jews and, and the Romans were there going to kill him, but yet I said the religious Jews and the Russians were there to kill him. I know I get those things mixed up. It's an honest mistake. <laughs> I got to thinking about it. Yeah, it wasn't the Russians there, but I was thinking about end times because in end times, the Russians are coming down with everybody. I just got my time wrong on that one. I know that. I know there's people that would stand up here like last week and say, everybody has flaws instead of me saying everybody have cracks. I know, I know that. I, I know that. I know that. Yet there's a grace on my life. For me over my life to do what I'm doing. 
I can't explain it. I question it half the time. There's a grace on your life. God has graced you to do something amazing, something great, something that you can't even understand. It makes no sense to you and probably everybody around you. But there's a grace, a divine enablement God is giving you. But you gotta be planted. You gotta be planted by the rivers of living water so you can bear your fruit in your season so your leaf will not wither and so God will bless what you do. There's a grace on my life. There's a grace on your life. And the enemy's trying to destroy that. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to get you focused on the conditions instead of the position. And God puts a grace on you. And some of you are walking in a grace right now that doesn't make any sense. But you have a grace over your life. And that's what the blessed man means. What scripture, blessed is the man. The blessed man means I have a grace. In fact, you'll see through scripture, blessed and grace is interchangeable. And one obvious example for me was, and Noah was talking about Noah was blessed, but then it said that there was a grace on his life. Grace and blessed. So that blessed is the man. Graced is the man. We can use it interchangeably. A grace that opens doors. A grace that makes crooked paths straight. There's a grace over my life. Take a look at Psalm 1-1 again. Let's take a look there. Psalm 1-1. Blessed or graced is the man. Grace is the man. And let me say again that blessed is not a condition. How do you know that? Well, right here in, in this first scripture, blessed or graced is the man. And it says who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That tells me that you can be around the ungodly or in ungodly posi- uh, conditions and still be blessed. Come on, somebody still be graced. So it's not about conditions because you can be around ungodly conditions and still be graced or still be blessed. Here's the problem. Some people don't recognize the grace. The grace is over their life because of the problems. We focus on the conditions instead of the positions. That means I can be blessed in any situation. People are wanting a grace that negates problems and it doesn't work that way. In the presence of problems, you can still have a grace. You can still be blessed. And listen, there are seasons in your life. Let me just say it this way. There are seasons in your life that you'll see the grace of God by the things he's done for you, by the doors he's opened for you, by the opportunity that he's given you, by the things he's made. And there's also seasons in your life where it will be expressed by how God has kept you in the midst of the trial. It'll be proven by the fire that you walk through. It'll be proven that there's a grace on your life because you walked through something that they heated up seven times hotter and you should have been burned to the ground, but you didn't. You came out walking through that. Anyone else would have quit. Anyone else would have given up. Anyone else would have backed down. Anyone else would have lost their minds. And it's not that you didn't feel it getting hotter and hotter. And it's not that you didn't think about it. But every time the enemy was trying to burn you down to the ground, grace surrounded you. Grace covered you. Grace protected you. There's a grace. Sometimes it'll be expressed. You'll see a grace because of what God is doing, opening doors and what he's providing for you. But sometimes it'll be there because you walked through the fire. You made it through. And even though everything around you burned, you're still standing. See, you're walking in a grace because the fire is everywhere, honestly. The sickness is everywhere. The pain is everywhere. The disappointment is everywhere. The bills are everywhere. But you're still walking around in it and not getting burned because of the grace. Why? Because I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. I'm a graced man. How do you know? Because it didn't burn me to the ground. It didn't destroy me. 
I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still planted. And I don't even smell like smoke. Because there's a grace around my life. I'm a blessed man. I'm a graced man. I'm a blessed man. That's why you can't live out your conditions. You can't live out of your conditions. They change all the time. You got to live out of your position, planted, rooted, grounded. He positioned you by rivers of living water. So the first thing I want to tell you, there's a grace over your life. There's a grace over your life. The second thing I want you to know is even though there's a grace over your life, grace must be guarded. It just doesn't mean, well, God, do whatever you want to do. There's a grace over you. No, grace must be guarded. Just because you're grace doesn't mean you don't have to be guarded. You still have to be guarded. Look at Psalms 1-1 again. And it says a blessed man or graced man. It says what not to do. Basically, it's going to tell us a couple things what not to do. It doesn't tell you what to do first. It tells you what not to do. Everyone wants to know what you have to do to be blessed. But the real power is what you don't do. <laughs> right? Grace must be guarded. So here's what it says. Blessed is the man. Grace is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. If you want to be blessed, you need to guard that grace in your life. And that means now is not the time to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now is not the time to listen to what the ungodly have to say about your life. They don't know your life. And we need to stop listening to the ungodly. And let me be very clear on this one. I'm not trying to be hard. I want to be very clear on this one. When we think of ungodly, we think, oh yeah, I'm not going to listen to the wicked, sinful people. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what that looks like, right? I'm not going to listen to the mean people, the bad people. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to them. Can I tell you, you can get ungodly counsel from godly people? You can. I mean, I'm, that's hard to say, but that's the truth. And there's a lot of people that we're listening to getting ungodly counsel from godly people. And because we deem them godly people, we're taking counsel from them. But listen, I also want to let you know what ungodly counsel is. Ungodly counsel is counsel that doesn't fall in line with your purpose. You need to be pursuing what God has for you, not what somebody else thinks you should be pursuing, even though they mean well. Even though they want to protect you from something, they don't know what God has for you. They don't know the call of God on your life. And if they're giving you counsel that's different than pursuit of the call of God on your life or the destiny God has, that's ungodly counsel from godly people. And we're listening to people that we don't even check the Holy Spirit on. We don't even check God's call on our life because they're godly. But yet if they're giving us ungodly counsel, then that's wrong. And so we need to make sure that we're listening to godly counsel it's important. Grace must be God. No time to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We can't receive counsel from people that do not connect us with our purpose. Let me give you a quick example. I've heard somebody use this example. I love it. Peter and Judas. Counsel there, both sides. We say, Peter, way to go. Good man, good job. Judas, not so good. Didn't turn out so well for Judas. But yet, when you look at the scripture, when Jesus was saying what was going to happen, Peter bowed up and said, man, I'm, I'll have, they'll have to kill me first. I've got you. I'm going to make sure you live and fulfill everything that God has for you. They'll have to go through me to get to you, Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He said, get behind me, Satan. Peter was doing like a, a noble thing, and God called him, Jesus called him Satan. But then there's a time in the scripture where Judas, and we know he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, but at one point, Jesus called Judas his friend. What's the difference? Peter, who walked and was really ready to lay his life down for Jesus, God, Jesus called him Satan, but yet Judas, who sold him out and betrayed him, Jesus called him friend. What's the difference? Judas did something that helped accelerate the purpose of God for Jesus. Jesus was born to die. The purpose for Jesus was to be the ultimate sacrifice, and what Judas did 
was help move that forward. You get in the picture here? What Peter did is try and keep that from happening. So God bless Peter's heart. God bless the heart of the people that love us and are around us and they'll want the best for us. But if it's not in line with what God has for our life, our purpose, our destiny, then it's not godly counsel. So we need to make sure we're not listening to ungodly counsel. Listen to the counsel that comes that helps propel you, accelerate the purpose and plan that God has for your life. I can't walk in the counsel of people who don't understand my destiny, my family's destiny, my calling, my purpose. And don't tell me what you would do if you were me, because you're not me. <laughs> you don't have, I appreciate the heart behind it. I'm not trying to be mean here, but you know what I'm saying, right? There's a purpose and destiny God has for you. Go where the council is lined up with your purpose. So what I say by that is we might need to shut down access to some people in our life, speaking into our life. I mean, that's just the reality of it all. No matter how much they love you, how good they are, family, friends, et cetera, et cetera. But if they're not giving you counsel, that will help position you or keep you positioned in the purposes of God, what God has for your life, which is not gonna make sense to this world, number one. The things of God do not make sense to unbelieving world, and some of it doesn't make sense to even people that love us because they don't know the plan and purpose God has for our life. So some of us may just have to shut down access to people we've given access to, because if they have your ear, eventually they'll have your thoughts, and if they have your thoughts, then they'll have your direction. And so we need to be mindful of that. So block that out, make some adjustments maybe. They mean well. They're trying to save me from something. But God's try- we talked about this, I think, last week. So God's not going to take you around the storm. He's going to take you through the storm because he knows he's big enough to keep you, but he also wants you to know who you are. He wants you to know how strong is your foundation. We talked last week about it. Sometimes he'll take you right through the middle of a storm he did not create so that your foundation can be tested so you know the adjustments you need to make. We have people in our life that love us so much, they want to help us avoid some storms, go around some storms. God bless their heart, but they may be telling us to avoid the very thing God wants us to go through because he wants to grow us and make us stronger. He wants, to help, he wants us to see where our weaknesses are so we can fix them for what he has for us next. I hope that makes sense to you. I'm going to move on right now. It's kind of quiet in here. Okay, uh, here we go. Let's go, go, back, uh, go back to uh, verse one, if you will. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. Stands in the way of sinners. Not like blocking the way, like, oh no, sinner, you're not getting by me. It's like, you're doing sinner stuff. You're walking in the way of sinners. You're living your life that way. Can I just say this way? To protect the grace in our life that God has for us, we need to clean it up. We got to clean it up. That's just the truth of it. We got we to look at what we're doing, what we're talking about, who we're talking to, what we're watching, what we're listening to. We got to clean it up. We may have to clean it up, and that may mean like not having access to some people, some relationships. We may not be able to go there anymore, hang out with them anymore, do those kind of things. Why? Because we're talking about guarding the grace in our life that God has given us to walk out a victorious life. Sometimes we can be, even let me look at another aspect of that. If you want to be blessed, you have to clean it up sometimes and don't let the enemy come in. And we make mistakes and we slip, we fall, be quick to repent, ask for forgiveness, get back up, get back moving. And let me just move on. Let me move on to the last one. Here it goes. Here's what it says. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I'm talking about guarding the grace in your life. Do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Do not stand in the path of the way of sinners and do not sit in the seat of the scornful. Let me say this. You want to be blessed, you can't be bitter. You want to be better? You can be blessed or bitter. It's your choice, but you can't be both. You want to guard the grace in your life? Don't be bitter. Don't be negative. 
We have those people in life that's negative, negative, negative. Maybe you're one of those people and someone just needs to point it out to you and help you walk out a little differently. But you just can't be negative. You can't be that way. And everything's negative. If you've been hurt by someone, I get it. And that's hurt and that's painful. I've been there. I understand that. So, but you can't live out of that. You can't be bitter and be better. You can't be bitter and guard the grace around your life. You can't. It's not worth it. Getting even's not worth it. Making them pay is not worth it. Get better. Guard the grace in your life. You can't live in the seat of scornfulness and looking down or being negative or being bitter all the time. You have to work it out. You have to work it through. You can't afford to, to get even. You can't afford to get back at them. It's not worth it. And he says, for what I want to do in your life, you need to be planted. You need to be grounded. You need to be rooted. Let me say this. You're moving around so much as canceling your blessing. I can understand it. I don't get a blessing. I, I thought, for sure, this is the right move. I'm, I'm going to go over here, and this blessing over here. It looked like, wow, things are going really great over there. It looks awesome, exciting, lots of positive buzz about it. I'm going to go, maybe these are the conditions I need. Maybe the problem is you're not being planted. Relationships, jobs, church. I mean, whatever it is. The principle is the principle. Those that are planted. Those that are planted. And our constant uprooting and moving is blocking the blessing of God because it says very clearly, planted, grounded, founded. That's where the blessing comes. The blessing comes out of all that. So moving around is canceling our blessing a lot of times. And so, again, we can't chase better conditions. We need to stand in our position. You have to be grounded in good times and bad times. You need to be talked about, all right, financially grounded, socially grounded, spiritually grounded in Christ. You have to be planted. I, I'm, I'm planted, and we talked this last week, and I shall not be moved. I'm planted, and I shall not be moved. There's a grace to be grounded, a grace to be planted. If you're planted, you flourish. If you're grounded, you're going to grow. I've got a grace to be grounded. I've got a grace to be planted. I hope you're getting that this morning. The more planted you are, let's say it this way, the more planted you are, the more fruit you'll produce. The more planted you are, the more fruit you'll produce. You don't get fruit by running. You don't get fruit by moving around all the time. It's, it's going to be fruitful if you're going to be planted. You should be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. I may say this. I'm going to close with this. The blessing is in the planting. The blessing is in the planting being planted. That's where the blessing is. No matter what happens, you're connected to the source, an unending supply of resource. And he says, if you're planted, and you say planted through the good and the bad, through the low times, the high times, you'll bear fruit. Your fruit may not look like anybody else's fruit, but it doesn't need to. Quit trying to compare it to everybody else. In your time, doesn't matter what's happening in that. You don't know if they're planted or not. You don't know if I've given them that fruit or not. Because it's not you. Don't worry about what they're doing. You and your family, your marriage, you be planted. I'll get you your fruit in your season. And your leaf will not wither. Things that you've been losing, you won't lose that anymore. It won't slip away from you. It seems like I got holes in my pocket. It seems like every time I get ahead, something happens and boom, there I go again. The Bible says if you're planted, your leaf will not wither. And then the things that you do will be blessed. But... You have to be planted. In order to be planted, tap into the grace. He's graced each and every one of us. That's his promise. He's graced all of us. But you have a responsibility then 
to protect it, guard it. Look at those three things again that we talked about. Don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Don't walk in the way of the sinner. I just lost the last one. See, there's people that would have remembered that one. <laughs> and don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Hey, but he's graced me to do it. <laughs> God's graced you to do something amazing. You, your family, your marriage, your life. But you got to be planted. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.